0: This is More Christianity, exploring the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church with Father Dwight Longenecker, former Anglican priest, now Catholic author, blogger, and speaker. And now, from the WCKI Studios in upstate South Carolina, Father Dwight Longenecker.
1: Welcome to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker, and in this segment of our program, we're focusing on the pro life cause. Later in the program, I'll be talking to Valerie Bronkin, who is the Respect Life Coordinator for Upstate South Carolina. But before we do that, I'd like to share with you why we as Catholics are so active in the pro-life cause. It all comes down to this. As a pastor, earlier this week, I was called by a family to celebrate. A young mother had just given birth to her first son. There were tears of joy all around as I went to the hospital to visit and hold this tiny little newborn. But there was sadness as well, because on the very same day, the news was given by the hospice to the father of the newborn that his own father was about to pass away. There was nothing more they could do for him. So within a matter of hours, this young father said hello to his son and said goodbye to his father. As their pastor, I was there for the joy and for the sadness. I was there at the beginning of life. I was there at the end of life. That's what it means to be pro-life. It means to recognize that within every human being, there's the spark of divine life, and it must never be trampled on. It must never be taken for granted. And yet, all across America, all across the Western world, all across the whole world, for that matter, there are forces rising up against human life, forces that want to snuff out the life of the unborn child, that vulnerable little one, before it even gets a chance to take its first breath. There are other forces that want to snuff out the life of the elderly. Legislation moving forward for assisted suicide, for euthanasia. There are those who want to exterminate the disabled, to do tests on the unborn, to make sure that any of those who have disabilities will never see life to start with. In other ways, human life is being attacked through starvation and economic deprivation, through war, through all sorts of killing and rape and murder human life is trampled on every single day. Why is it, therefore, that Catholics go back and insist time and again that this cannot happen? The killing has got to stop, that we must try every opportunity we can to preserve and treasure each precious human life. Well. G.K. Chesterton said, every argument is a theological argument. In other words, there is a theological belief, there's an underlying philosophy of all things which influences the decisions we make and the actions we take. Think about it for a moment. Why do we value each human life? Not just because we love our mothers and fathers and children and, and brothers and sisters and siblings. Not just because it's not a very nice thing to kill somebody. No, we value human life for a particular in-depth, profound reason. And it's this. We believe that every single human being has been granted not just a human life, but that human life has been granted a divine and everlasting soul. There's a spark of the divinity within each human being. That's part of our belief system. It's part of our faith, that when we see human beings, we actually see that they're different from the rest of the animal kingdom, that they have this spark of intelligence this spark of everlastingness. They can use language, they can create music, they can laugh, Uh, they can dance. Their level of intelligence, their level of reality is so much greater than anything else in all creation. We wonder where did this divine spark come from? How do we know that we have everlasting life? How do we know that we have this divine spark? How do we know that we have this divinity locked within each human being? We know it not only from what we observe in humanity itself, But we know it through the revelation of our religion, that God has told us that he's created each one of us in his image. It's right there in the beginning of the revelation of God to humanity in the book of Genesis, when God breathes into Adam and Eve the breath of life, where it says that both man and woman, Adam and Eve, were created in his image. What does it mean, therefore, that man and woman were created in his image? What it means is that every attribute we know about God exists within human beings. What? You might say, every attribute we know about God exists within human beings. Yes, it does. In a small way, every attribute that we know about God exists in each one of us because we're created in his image. Let me give you an example. We say that God is omnipotent, that he is all-powerful, that he can do anything. Well, God has planted within each human being something called free will. I've often explained free will as a little bit of God's omnipotence planted in my heart. That is to say that through free will, I actually have choice. I have reason. I have understanding. I can therefore understand what is good and evil, and I can choose the good path or the evil path. And because I have that free will, because I have that choice, I actually am in a limited way, all powerful. I can do what I will within the bounds of my own strength and my own capabilities. I can make a choice. Therefore, we say that a little bit of God's omnipotence, a little bit of God's power is locked into each one of our lives. The same is true of every attribute of God, that in a small way, in a much smaller way, in a finite way, we have a share in those gifts. We have a share, most of all, in his eternal nature. We have a soul that will live forever. We have a soul that cannot be destroyed. you see how important it is, therefore, that every single human life is treasured? What will happen, therefore, if we trample out the life of another? We're trampling out a little bit of God in that person. That's why we consider it such a terrible crime, that when we trample down the life of another human being, whether it's through abortion or murder, whether it's through euthanasia, whether it's through assisted killing, we're trampling out a little bit of God's image, we're snuffing out the light, we're blowing out the candle, we're eliminating that little bit of God in the world, that little bit of eternity in the world that is our neighbor. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. You're listening to More Christianity. We're spending a little bit of time thinking now about why the Catholic Church is so pro-life in all of our activities In a moment, we're going to talk to Valerie Bronkin, who is the Respect Life Coordinator for Upstate South Carolina. But before we do that, I'd like to just think for a few moments about some of the issues facing our culture and our society. First of all, abortion at any stage after the conception of a child takes the life of that human being. Some people say, well, it's only a potential human being. No, any human being is a potential human being. I'm in my mid-50s. I haven't reached my full potential yet. Are you going to snuff out my life because of that? No, of course not. And yet, my life has not reached its full potential, just like the life of an unborn child has not reached its full potential. We don't go around exterminating people because they haven't reached their full potential. No, Catholics are against abortion. We consider it to be an intrinsic evil. It's never justified. It's something which is not only killing a human being, but it's killing the most vulnerable of human beings, killing a little child in its own mother's womb when it can't even escape the killing that's imposed upon it. What kind of a society do we have? What kind of people are we that we actually allow this? So Catholics are against abortion. Catholics are against euthanasia, killing a person because they're disabled or because they're old or because their useful life is over or because they're in pain. No. We say every human life is precious up to the last natural breath. And we're there to relieve pain. We're there to help the person. We're there to minister to them in their suffering, but we're not there to kill them. The Catholic Church teaches that sometimes the death penalty may be permissible and may be allowed, but in every case possible, we we want to say no. We're against unjustified killing in war. We're against the destruction of human embryos. Fertilized human embryos means that a, a new life has been conceived, no matter how tiny it is. We're against that as well. Catholics are also opposed to any medical technology which by its very action takes a human life. Let's consider cloning, for example. You can't do human cloning without, in the process, destroying a large number of already fertilized human eggs. Little tiny human beings, we can't snuff their life out in order to promote some kind of new medical technology of cloning. You can't actually have embryonic stem cell research because you're using embryos. You're using tiny little human beings in your experiments. You can't experiment on the human race. You can't destroy large segments of the human race just to fulfill some greater and and supposedly better end. Notice the Catholics are against embryonic stem cell research. We're not against adult stem cell research. Recently, a Nobel Prize was won by some scientists who have pioneered new ways of adult stem cell research where the stem cells are actually taken from living adult human beings and no embryos are destroyed in the process. So, the Catholic Church is not opposed to medical technology. Catholic Church is in favor of all medical technologies that uphold life and promote life and respect life and nurture the abundant life and the length of life that we've come to appreciate. What we are opposed to is any technology which steps on human life, which tramples on human life as the means to a greater end. We say something evil, intrinsically evil, cannot be done in order to achieve a noble end. Catholic Church is also opposed to artificial forms of contraception, not because we believe that that kills a human being, but because it puts an unnatural barrier uh, in the way of the natural human processes of human life. A marriage is formulated so that a man and woman come together, and a new life is the result. Whenever an artificial barrier is put in the way of that, it blocks human life. It blocks the production of human life, and it blocks the love from which human life comes. We're against any form of killing of human life. However, that makes us sound sometimes like we're just angry protesters, always out there protesting against abortion and protesting against this, protesting against that. It makes it sound like we're waging a war on women. Because we're depriving them of their choice of having an abortion. We're not waging a war on women. We're in favor of every single human life, men and women alike, children and old people alike. That's why as part of our pro-life cause, we're not only against abortion, we're also in favor of ministering to women in crisis pregnancies. We're in favor of helping them to understand that adoption is a life-giving option. We're there to minister to them with our finances, with our time, with our counseling, with our energy. We're there to help them to choose life and help them to choose the most positive way for themselves and for their children. That's why we're there involved in healthcare, One of the largest healthcare systems in the country are hospitals run by Catholics. We're there to help with pain management, with end-of-life issues, with beginning-of-life issues, in every way encouraging our medical community, encouraging our whole society to choose life to choose life positively and joyfully, and to do the hard work and to make the effort so that all of us can live the abundant life that Jesus Christ has called us to. Catholics are involved in the pro-life cause, and I'd like to refer you, therefore, to some of the resources online where you can learn more about our work, more about the philosophy and the theology behind our pro-life beliefs. The best place to go and the first place to stop, that is the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, USCCB, as we call it. And the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops org is their website. You go on there and look under the tab for Human Life and Dignity. You'll find there a wealth of articles, a wealth of resources to be able to learn more about our beliefs, more about our action uh, in this important area of our culture and our society. There are some other organizations you might be interested in. March for Life is the great life rally in Washington, D.C. every January. And the website for that is marchforlife.org. That's marchforlife.org. You can go there and learn about this year's march and where we'll be getting together and how to get there and what the dates are. Also, 40 Days for Life, that's 4040daysforlife.com is a website where you can learn about the 40 Days for Life campaign and where the locations are in your community, who the organizers are, and how you can be involved. That's 40 Days for Life daysforlife.com. Also, in ministering to men and women who've been wounded by abortion, there's a wonderful Catholic ministry called Rachel's Vineyard. Rachel's Vineyard is a ministry that sponsors retreats for men and women who've been wounded by abortion in their lives. They go away for a few days. They receive counseling, support, and care. You can learn more about Rachel's Vineyard through rachelsvineyard.org, rachelsvineyard.org. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. You're listening to More Christianity. In today's program, we've been thinking and reflecting on the Catholic Church's commitment to the dignity of human life. In a moment, we'll be talking to Valerie Baronkin, Respect Life Coordinator for Upstate South Carolina. Why
0: not connect with Father Longenecker every day through his popular blog, Standing on My Head? Why the weird title? Because G.K. Chesterton said, a scene is most often more clearly seen when it is seen upside down. In Standing on My Head, Father Longnecker writes on current issues, blogs about the faith, and entertains with his wacky alter egos, inspiring us to stand firm in our Catholic faith, a faith which stands the world on its head. More Christianity is also the name of one of Father Longenecker's most popular books. Based on the idea that the Catholic faith is more than, not something different from, Protestant evangelicalism, Father Longenecker shows how Catholicism completes and fulfills other expressions of the Christian faith, perfect for evangelical Christians who want to understand the Catholic faith better. More Christianity is available through Father Longenecker's website, dwightlongenecker.com. Do you want simple advice on the practice of your Catholic faith? Why not subscribe to Father Longenecker's free weekly newsletter, Faith Works, with articles on prayer, forgiveness, relationships, and spirituality. Faith Works comes directly to your email inbox. You can subscribe by visiting Father Longenecker's popular blog, Standing on My Head. Just Google search Father Longenecker to visit the blog and look for the sign up form.
1: You're listening to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker, and in this week's segment, we're talking about service in the life of Christ's Church. Serving Him in community, serving Him in the Church, serving Him in the family, serving Him amongst others. And today, my guest is Valerie Bronkin. Valerie is the Respect Life Coordinator for the Upstate South Carolina, representing Catholics all across the Upstate, and working tirelessly for the pro-life cause. Welcome to the show, Valerie. Hello, Father. Valerie, we're in the midst right now, when we're recording, in our 40 Days for Life. You've been very involved in this, This is something which is going on across the country, and such an exciting campaign it is to be involved in this. I was out just this week with some of our Catholics at our local abortion clinic with a candlelight vigil, with the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. I expect you were there as well, weren't you?
2: Yes, I was. It was a, it's a wonderful vigil that we had last night. Uh, we did have the missionary image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, who travels around the Americas. Of course, she is the patroness of the unborn. And also, our Bishop Guglielmone was in attendance as well. And it was a, a lovely evening. I think there was around, mean about 250 people that came up.
1: And Valerie, you've been involved in 40 Days for Life, which is actually a nationwide effort, a wonderful prayer campaign. Can you just share with us some of the wonderful experiences, some of the fruits of this campaign, lives that have been saved and lives that have been changed by 40 Days for Life?
2: Yes, Father. We've actually, in the Greenville area, had this campaign starting in 2007, and we've been going out faithfully, praying at the abortion clinic. I think everyone that goes out there is really touched by being out there, seeing the women that are going in. People that are going into the abortion clinic typically are pretty distraught. You can see it on their faces. It's just a very difficult thing. Right. But one of the benefits is when somebody actually does change their mind. And And you've been there
1: to see that, have you? Yes, Mm
2: -hmm. there's been several um, people that have changed their mind. I know in the last campaign, there were three women that actually changed their minds and decided to go ahead and keep their babies.
1: Let me ask you a question about that, because it's wonderful that we're opposed to the crime of abortion in our land, and it's terrific to hear that women actually do see the campaigners and change their mind. But what happens then? Do we actually have support and help for the women once they change their mind and decide to keep their baby?
2: Well, we're working on that, Father. Um, mm-hmm. We are looking at possibility of, of starting a home for women in, in crisis pregnancy, but since the home is not up and running right now, what we ended up doing is just providing support to the women. So, for most people, they can go to some place like Birthright to get the the help that they need. There's also Piedmont Women's Center that's right next door to the abortion clinic. I know in this one particular case last year what happened is the woman was actually homeless and there was actually no place for her to go. Uh-huh. So we did end up providing some temporary shelter for this woman and her two small little girls that she already had until she was able to secure other, you know, another place.
1: This is what I think is so important in the whole Respect Life movement is that we continually make it clear to people that Yes, we're opposed to abortion, but we're also pro-life. We're, we respect life in all of its forms. We're there to help people to say yes to life, whether it's a mom in a crisis pregnancy or whether it's older people who are in a crisis point at the end of their life in many, many different ways, we as Catholics need to be there at the front line doing this work, not just being against something like abortion, which we are, but also continuing to stress that we're for life. Life is wonderful. Life is good. And we're there to actually help people live that life to its fullness. Would you agree with that?
2: Very much so, Father. Not only are we helping women before they have the abortion, but we're even helping women after they have the abortion. Mm -hmm. There's Silent No More that helps women and then we also have something called Rachel's Vineyard and I think one of the benefits that we're seeing out of the 40 Days for Life are the women that are coming forward and getting the healing that they need after their abortion.
1: Right. I mean, very often the pro-life or anti-abortion movement is portrayed as being anti-woman, a war on women, as we've heard thrown around in the political stage. And we have to stress again, this is not a war on women. Abortion hurts women. Abortion hurts their souls. It hurts their, their minds and their bodies very often. And we're there also to help them pick up the pieces and, and recover from those wounds. Valerie, I'd like to ask you about another initiative I know that is close to your heart, and I've gone with you a couple of times now on those long bus rides up to Washington, D.C. for the March for Life in January. Are you going to go again this year? Oh,
2: absolutely, Father. Uh, this year is a very critical year, I think. We actually had started our 40th year of legalized abortion in this country, and so we'll be ending our 40th year. And, of course, you can see the correlation throughout the Bible of 40 days and 40 years. And and so I think this one's going to be very significant for us. We definitely need to show our support.
1: So you think after 40 years in the wilderness, maybe we're about to enter the promised land.
2: Oh, I I pray we are,
1: (laughs) (laughs) definitely. (laughs) I love going to the March for Life. One of the things I love about it is the number of young people who are there. Now, what are the numbers like There's a sea of people
2: is all I know. If you are walking up Constitution Avenue, which is a six-lane road, highway there, as far as you're going up Capitol Hill, as far as you can see in front of you and as far as you can see in back of you is at least a mile, two miles of people. Shoulder to shoulder. Shoulder to shoulder, walking up this road. So an estimate of 200,000 is very realistic.
1: I think so too. And the other thing which is so amazing about it, every year Washington does not have any other protest of this size and of this peacefulness and of this youthfulness at all ever during the year. And yet each year more and more people turn up, more and more young people turn up. It's a tide of humanity there, sticking up for life, joyfully proclaiming that we're pro-life and we're here to stay. We're not going to go away. And I'm always amazed how the, the secular press do their very best to ignore this movement. And yet there we are, and we're continuing to go. We're continuing to take our children and our grandchildren. Can you give us some information about the March for Life and how people in South Carolina, but also around the country, might be able to join in?
2: Yes. From the Greenville area, we plan to have two buses. We've had two buses for the past couple of years, and we're planning on leaving on Thursday, January 24th, and we'll be actually marching on January 25th. And people that are interested in the Greenville trip, they can contact me directly, area code 864-297-8838. That's 864-297-8838. And for people that want to go around the state, Kathy Schmugge is coordinating some of the other buses around the state. And let me go ahead and give you her phone number for the Family Life Office, which is area code 803 547 5063.
1: Thank you, Valerie. I'm talking to Valerie Bronkin, who is the Respect Life Coordinator for Upstate South Carolina the Diocese of Charleston. Valerie is organizing buses to the March for Life. Her number is 864-297-8838. And Kathy Schmugge uh, for other parts of the Diocese of South Carolina, 803-547-5063. I would also say, if you're listening from around the country, come and join us in the March for Life in Washington, D.C. on January 24th and 25th this year. How to find your way there? Well, go to the March for Life website or network through your own diocese, through your family life coordinators, your respect life coordinators. Ask your parish priest, get in touch with your local Catholic high school. Find out who's going and jump on the bus and come and join us for the March for Life. Valerie Boronkin is my guest today, talking about pro-life work in the upstate. Valerie, is there anything else that we're doing here in the 40 Days for Life that you'd like to highlight?
2: Typically, there's several events that are planned in the 40 Days campaigns. usually an opening, a mid-rally, and a closing event. So people around the country can go to the national website. Actually, it's an international campaign, and that is... 40, the number 40daysforlife.com, and that's 40-D-A-Y-S-F-O-R-L-I-F-E.com. And they can then, from there, see all of the locations. There's 316 cities. And the website
1: also lists the uh, local coordinators and organizers, is that correct?
2: Yes, they can, they can follow the link to the mm-hmm. local one. It's also um, interesting to note that this campaign happens both in the spring and in the fall. We're in the fall campaign right now, but next spring we'll have an additional campaign. I would also encourage people to go out to the website and find out how they can go out there and pray. That is the biggest thing that we do in 40 Days for Life is our prayer campaign, which is a a visible witness at the abortion clinics to um, show our support for life.
1: Thank you for being our guest today. We've been talking to Valerie Bronkin, the Upstate Respect Life Coordinator for here in South Carolina. All across the nation, uh, Catholics and other Christians are continuing to stand up for the first and most basic human right, which is the right to life. We understand that women in crisis pregnancies are definitely facing a hard time. They're facing difficulties. We're there also to support them, not just to say they're being wicked and bad for killing their babies and using harsh language, but we're there to say, no, we support life. We support your life as a woman. We support the life of your child. We support the life of your family. We respect and support human life wherever it occurs, from the first moment of conception to the last natural breath. We've been talking today to Valerie Bronkin, who works tirelessly for the pro-life cause here in South Carolina and around our country. Thank you, Valerie.
2: Thank you, Father.
1: I'm Father Dwight Longenecker, and you've been listening to More Christianity. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, this day and always. Amen.
0: Christianity explores the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church and comes to you from the WCKI Studios in Upstate South Carolina. Tune in every week for Father Dwight Longenecker's perspectives on Catholic culture, social issues, saints, converts, and the supernatural aspects of the Catholic faith. For more about Father Longenecker's work, his website is dwightlongenecker.com.